we need like a nice transition like a, a music to like come out like i don't know, like you know angels coming down from the sky mm-hmm. with guitars right just hear me out mm-hmm. and drums just on on a cloud you know they're just drumming on okay. a, and, and 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 they're they're coming down from the sky and then All we right. step out and it's like uncovered cinema and um, we're the best was the dude with a scarf that he puts a <laughs> scarf on the end of his Aerosmith is like you know just like <laughs> screaming into the microphone right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is that too much or no no I think that's perfect <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's perfect um it matches our personalities um that's bat shit and crazy yeah so perfect. <laughs> okay uh Coen Brothers we're moving on to we're moving up into icons. Yes, we are. We did uh, when we first started the series uh, a few weeks ago, three weeks ago. Actually, these haven't even been released yet, so they're going to be released this no, week. No, so. that's going to be everybody's going to be very confused unless you tuned yeah. in last week. <laughs> a few weeks ago, Which you should. <laughs> we started doing people career-wise, and we mm-hmm. I picked Barry Sonnenfeld. Uh, was I was learning about him? Seemed really interesting. The guy makes Men in Black, all the Men in Black series, and. Uh, mm-hmm. You chose even more interesting. It's it, it just gets better and better. The Wachowski yes. sisters. The Wachowski, Wachowski sisters. Or brothers, depending on the time frame in their life that you talk to them. The, mm-hmm. they, they were the quiet trans. Tra- 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 yeah, trans hmm, formation. But would we really <laughs> say that they were ever the Wachowski brothers since they've always identified really as a female? It it did say that they philosophical yeah question. when they were little kids they already identified as female so mm-hmm. yeah they already identified as female they finally just took the the leap and did what their heart told them that they should do which so I'm you know? I'm just going with what they called themselves like they 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 there's oh that's right reference in IMDb was brothers up until uh, Sonic uh, no not Sonic uh, Speed Racer. When Speed Racer came mm-hmm. out, then that was when Speed they Racer. when they finished their transformation, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that was really interesting, and I, I really like. So now we're kind of moving into like the, we're moving the Coen Brothers, and it just seemed like a nice transition. <laughs> pardon the pun. Yeah, to <laughs> to stay on <laughs> on the on the brothers or the brother duos and the um, sibling duos. Exactly, sibling teams. But what's also uh, convenient is that they are like the Wachowski sisters. They're writer and directors. Mm-hmm. What, what's really funny that I thought is um, earlier in their career, I guess they didn't think it was good to have two, two directors. So they would take turns taking main credit as director and main credit as writer, even though they both directed and wrote it. I thought that was really interesting. And it yeah. does bring up a point like um, a lot of people do look down when there's more than one director. They look down on the quality that the director is able to push out, push out saying that he might need help. So I could definitely see why they went with that. But I thought it was very interesting. Well, it's also um, what's going on, guys. Welcome to Uncovered Cinema, by the way. Today we're doing Coen Brothers. Uh, but I, I think it's Cohen. also interesting that they are. Yeah. I, and when you're a director, you have to have like a unified person Mm -hmm. it's it's like it's like being the president you know they have to we have to have one person to look through and 
I mean, I, I guess at a certain point you can they can use the brothers' title. Maybe they because they have a unified vision of how they're yeah. going to make this work. But yeah, if, if there was an argument, do they flip a coin or does the older brother get to go? You know, decide or what? <laughs> I don't know how that works, but <laughs> right, they might just be like those uh, kids that were uh, shipwrecked on an island, and then they just decided not to have quarrels over the stupid stuff. Did you hear about that? Kid, and this is real. Like, yeah, this is real. Yeah, no, this is a real um, uh, Lord of the Flies incident that happened to a uh, group of Tongan school kids. Uh, there were six of them, and they uh, were tired of the cafeteria food. So one day, back in the oh god, what was it, the sixties or seventies? Mm-hmm. Um, they decided to take one of the boats out and go fishing, and that that's perfectly fine. And when they did. Um, they hit a storm which capsized the boat. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. They fell asleep and then hit a storm. Something like that. This sounds fake. Either way, it, <laughs> it it's it's 100 real, and okay. it's it blows your mind when you see the pictures. Um, but they drifted off, and they finally found the deserted island, which they set up shop. Turns out, on this island, they it was inhabited once before, but the inhabitants of the island were actually all taken for slaves when the wow. big uh, slave rush happened back in, you know, 1700s or whatever. Yes. So, the good old um, slave rush. I remember. Yeah. The good old, the good old slave rush. <laughs> Things That's got all awful. crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's no, it's no, just we, bad. We, but we the, would be the slaves, island. But <laughs> yeah. No, no, but the island has been, um, been abandoned ever since. So the kids made it to the island. Everybody thought in the world thought the island was inhabitable. So nobody even thought about checking it. Wow. Um, but they found, uh, the old settlement, they made a farm. They made a back a badminton um, court. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you got to pass the <laughs> they time. Made... Hey, jails can have yeah, basketball dude. courts and stuff. I yeah, mean, exactly. They, your, your deserted they, island should have one. Exactly. Exactly. They, they did everything they needed to do to live and survive, and they were there for 15 months until a random-ass pilot was flying home and he looked down and he noticed a fire that when the boys had started because you know cooking food they're there for 15 months Jesus. yeah so he noticed when their fires and he's like that is not habitable so let's find out landed his plane found the boys and the boys like hey what's up been here 15 months wow (laughs) yeah i just read that and i was like that is crazy (laughs) so we were talking about them not sharing credit in the beginning of the career and how they had to build up their career in order to be able to use the brothers title. Right. This is the Cohen brothers. So yeah. Um, the Cohen's, I I had a question for you though. I'm thinking like, Mm -hmm. do you think it's easier to become a director coming from the writing? Oh, a hundred percent. Like, because you're a thousand percent. You're basically rooting for your own vision now. It's like you you've taken yeah. out the middleman and you're the one you write the vision in your script and then you go and make it happen. Yes. Do you think it could work the other way around? Do you think a director is going to the writing side? Is that mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because uh look at Indiana Jones. Right? Love that. Indiana movie. Jones was written by the director. Same with E.T., same with uh, uh, Star Wars. Yeah. You know, it's all the classic films that we know now 
were written by the director. Yeah. And that just shows that the uh, writer is going to know the characters the most, most intimate. And that's right. who the yeah. producers and that's who the studio is going to want directing these actors to make sure that they're portraying the characters as best as possible and getting the best performance out of them. Cause I don't know about you, but if I wrote the piece and I directed the piece, right. I'm going to work so much harder on that piece than I did. If um, I just came into some random guy's film and he was like, Hey, can you be the director? Yeah. Here's the stuff. I'm still going to work hard on that film, but I'm going to work harder on my own stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One, yeah. one thing I'm learning right now, uh, making videos and, and stuff and, and you're doing that as well is mm-hmm. once you, there seems to be certain sacrifices that are made when you have a vision and you start creating something and, and yes. you, you have this beautiful image of what you're going to make in your head. And then as things materialize you don't have enough lights or the camera's not as quality as you hoped or the the actors maybe don't quite understand or something something you know it all just kind of uh dematerializes as you're going that vision and Mm -hmm. i'm I'm learning more now that you should focus on keeping that original vision like even if at the cost of time or or maybe money if it's feasible that you need to hold on to that original image because if you allow yourself to make sacrifices here and there, it's going to, it's going to chop up and it'll add up eventually. And you won't be exactly left with what you started with at the end. Exactly. That's why the best person to direct it, unless it's just a phenomenally known director, that's a different story, but the best person like typically to direct, uh, films, especially indie side films or films that go through the, um, the circuit is the writer because they know what they need to change and what they can change for time and money, but also they know what they need absolutely 100% to keep to make the story make sense. Yeah. And still have a good uh, piece of art. Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. We already got, we dug deep already in this one, but yeah. So, (laughs) uh, Coen brothers, and I I think they're known mostly for their, I don't want to say dark comedy because that's not a dark comedy they have, but let's say cold comedy. Yeah. It's, it's Mm -hmm. more of, it's, it's like, uh, Quentin Tarantino, um, softened a little bit. It's, it's, there's a lot of gore and violence, but it's almost satirical. Um, and I was just, I, I really, I'm researching this today. I was, I started researching it, let's say, uh-huh. as I do with most weeks. <laughs> I start I started doing something. <laughs> and uh then I realized they just had a movie that got released on Netflix. And so I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna like get into the Cohen vibe a little bit here by watching, you know, just five minutes, ten minutes, and then I'm gonna keep studying. And I mm-hmm. ended up watch watching the whole thing, which led me to the start of this show. So uh it was it was, yeah, it was it's, really good. It's it they have a thing like that of drawing you in, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, the movie is so great. The movie is so great. It's the Ballard of Buster Scrubs, and that's going to be on Netflix, guys. Yeah. That is such a good movie. If you like the Coen Brothers comedy, if you like um, Westerns even a little bit, even to laugh at them, right. you're going to have a great time watching this movie. They made it so well. <laughs> you you could tell it's something that they've been wanting to do, and it, it's, it's really just like a... Uh, mishmash of a whole bunch of stories 
but the only mm-hmm. thing that has a commonality to it is just kind of Western. But yeah, I, I read when they when they were growing up, um, that that's how they got into film directing is is by picking up a camera and and emanating their favorite shows of the time. And really, this mm-hmm. that movie kind of encompasses it. It's like an, it's an old spaghetti western, and it's they just it's a whole bunch of different stories that were picked that you could tell they they've been working on for years, and they just kind of mm-hmm. mashed them all together into this like this fairy tale book, you know, off the sh- off a dusty shelf type deal. It's really it was really cool. Yeah, and even going up to the end, it's like I don't want to spoil the end for you, but yeah, it's, it's there's this this like ambiguity about how it ends, and which um it's not really makes you really think yeah yeah and in going back to like their other movies i was just thinking it's not really it doesn't end the way that their normal movies end because they they tend to follow like this the short form storytelling of television back in the 90s where Mm -hmm. it's like the you know the end of the show always starts at the beginning of like nothing really ever changes everything kind of goes back to normal at least in the form of of the large, you get that sense that nothing has changed, even though the main characters or or whoever they've been interacting with might have been killed or something. But in the overall sense, you of the end of their movies, you don't you don't feel like anything has changed. Like um, I'm trying to think, like uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, that's such a great movie. Uh, such a great movie. Burn after reading, it's just like even even the it's it's if you haven't seen burn after reading it's it's uh brad pitt's fucking amazing in it but it's like and george clooney too and it's like the uh the end it's it's the the cia agent guy is like well what did we accomplish here They're like nothing so and that's it that's the way they end it's like nothing nothing even happened it's like it, <laughs> it, it was this whole which i love about storytelling is like they basically told this whole story and nothing happened it's like it was this whole perceived buildup of like this guy thinking that the cia is watching him and he's all paranoid and shifting and like looking for bugs and shit and, and nobody gave a shit and it's like the cia is like why would we be following a gym teacher it's like or uh, <laughs> what is he a fitness instructor or something and it's like uh like yeah my god like nothing happens so that's great storytelling if you ask me that is that's really great uh i love fargo dude fargo is one of my favorite movies done by the coen brothers because i mean it launched a series it launched a bunch of stuff it's a huge movie it's great uh have you seen it before the you know we'll get in 1996 it's been a while but uh yeah yeah, i know i know there was an adaption of of tv a tv show from it which Mm -hmm. is insanely popular now but yeah that wasn't that with uh uh john goodman was he in that one no uh that was uh big lebowski another great movie Mm -hmm. Yes, another great movie. I mean, another we're talking, we're, we're tiptoeing into icons now. I think I, we're not quite up to like Scorsese level yet, or um, uh, insert a famous porn director here. I'm not sure, but I'm trying, <laughs> we're not at the icon level status yet. But right now, Steve this is Bushimi is nitty in gritty good storytelling is what we're, we're mm-hmm. kind of dealing nitty gritty with. Is what good storytelling does that make these? Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys enjoy film school films right if you enjoy films from people who went to school specifically to learn the art of storytelling and filmmaking and they're bringing that to the screen and they're really pulling out every step they can to keep you interested then you're really going to like the coen brother films because absolutely they are a 
NYU film graduate through and through. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's just, um, well, I mean, we can, how do we start this? There's just so many good films. I can sit here and talk about all the movies. I mean, oh, let's start. I can talk about the Coen brothers films all day. Joe Cohen, Cohen and Ethan Cohen. Um, they're not twins. I thought they were twins for some reason. I'm not sure why born in uh, 54, 57. They are collectively referred to as the Cohen brothers. And, um, they, they're, I mean, goodness, their films span so many different genres and styles, and that's mm-hmm. really cemented their careers and uh, made them what I'm calling what I'm calling icon level status in the film oh, industry. Yeah. Um, just a couple of titles that they have done. I, this is not actually timeline. Hell status. Caesar. If you guys haven't seen that amazing movie, yeah. <laughs> and I uh, okay, Miller's Crossing, Barton Fink, Fargo. Uh, which inspired mm-hmm. the Fargo TV show, which most uh, younger people may know about now. The Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. Icon movie, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, No Country for Old Men, Burn After Reading, Serious Man, True Grit, amazing movie, um, and mm-hmm. then The Ballad of Bustard Scruggs, which just just was released on Netflix. You can watch it right now, actually, if you'd like it. I just watched it before the show. It's an awesome show. Movie. Yeah. I watched Hell Caesar two days ago yes. when I was getting ready for this uh, episode, and it's it's great. And that one's also on Netflix, so you guys can watch ah, that. I'm watch that. Yeah, I I, I think uh, they use George Clooney a lot in a lot of his movies, but mm-hmm. I think he fits their comedy style perfect. Like he's able to portray that. Sh- oh, um, like he was in what is it, Suburbicon, where he, he's like mm-hmm. riding this fucking tricycle down the street it's just so yeah. it's hilarious when you, when you picture the, the image after he just threw a body in the back of a car or something like that it's sort of it's mm-hmm. pretty great um yeah a bridge of spies one of my all-time favorite like cia spy type of movies um they made it didn't know that until i started looking into them actually but it is such a great movie yeah and they actually oh have a lot God. of like what you were saying they, they were trading off titles when they were mm-hmm. making movies and then they also had done films that they weren't uh, credited on or but they wrote yeah and, or backwards yeah, directed they, or somehow you know they um wrote a bunch of films that they didn't have any more uh like involvement in after they sold the rights for the film to get made which i thought is really cool you don't see a lot of directors do that usually everything they write they want to keep because they want uh rights to it but these guys are just like eh Wanted to write it, wanted to get it out. Not we my best work. Already. Don't want to make it, but Just, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. We have enough titles already. Uh, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> they uh, direct and produce their own films jointly, although until The Lady Killers in 2004, Joel received sole credit for directing and Ethan for producing. So that was kind of before when they were mm-hmm. just tiptoeing, I guess, and and I guess they both I guess one wanted to be a producer would be listed for writers <laughs> before that. Um, mm-hmm. They often, right here is what you're saying there, they often alternate alternate top billing for the screenplays uh, while sharing editing credits under, oh, they have the alias that they that they work under, which is mm-hmm. uh, Roderick Janes. Yep. Interesting name. I, I was like two first names. It's like one pick one and then the other and they just smash it together and created this <laughs> fictional character. Um, they have a, a crazy amount of 13 Academy Awards uh, nominated and together individually for each one best original screenplay best picture best director best adapted screenplay for no country for old men and uh the oh you gotta help me with that one it's 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 my name in italian (laughs) pomdor pomdor (laughs) pomdor i'm not sure what it is it's something i should probably know how to pronounce working uh 
with the film industry, but uh, yeah, it's it's as we know, it's a it's a prestigious award for um, mm-hmm. for film that going up. I just can't pronounce the name correctly. <laughs> Where's the where was that at? It is. I lost. Uh, it. It can actually, I'm just reading off of their wiki page right now. But I know that's not a legitimate link, but <laughs> whatever. That's where we're um, at, people. This is 2020. <laughs> yeah, deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, they've won so many, so many awards. So many awards. Holy crap. <laughs> I know. I'm just looking here like, okay, they have, if you actually look on their on their pages, they have an actual, like, timetable of all the awards they've been nominated for. So let's just look. Academy Awards, uh, 48 nominations. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? 48. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Golden Globes, 21 nominations. <laughs> Dude. BAFTA Awards, 46. I would love to get nominated for one. Yeah, really. Or even just talked about to be nominated. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, okay. was It was uh, John Goodman that was in The Big Lebowski, right? I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm going to go back and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Burn After Reading, True Grit. There's just... Okay, Hail Caesar... That was an awesome. Again, it's it's mm-hmm. the Hail Caesar is kind of like one of these ones where like nothing happens. Like we watch this yeah. whole movie that's so much excitement and all these, you know, that's a big I, star I, actor. And then at the end, we just end where we started. It's just like the yep, world goes like, on. All right, get to work. All the communists <laughs> die and he just goes back to the. <laughs> but it, they, I think they did a good job in portraying like what kind of like, like workhorses people are for the film industry it's like mm-hmm. he's this big star and, and everyone sees glitz and glamour on the outside but for him it's just like you know that basically he's the bitch to the director or the, or the studio and they're just like yeah get his ass back here he's back to work tomorrow mm-hmm. that's how it really is because everybody sees that all the all the glitz and glimmer like you said right like oh cool you get a you get to go and hang out with the movie stars while they're doing their thing and you get a you're you made this film and you know you get to go to the premiere and all this stuff and it's just like yeah but you don't see the 30 days of 18 hour work days yeah you know five five days a week all the hard work that we all put in behind the scenes to be able to say that we worked on this film you just see the the end result when there's a lot of work going into it right the, don't get me the wrong the work is fun and out. it's nice but it's still work <laughs> yeah you know the uh there there's this uh documentary on netflix about lady gaga and it shows like you mm-hmm. know being a super i there's not many superstars like at her status but it just shows like you know she's in like intense pain seizing up in her back and then like 20 minutes later she's on stage dancing like nothing ever and it's like that's what you have to do if you're going to be at that status because like you have to act like nothing like nothing's wrong it's just you know it's just a normal day but really mm-hmm. they go through so much to to make it work how do we get on this subject we're talking going brothers here i don't know <laughs> it, it's it's we're just talking about their their work ethic they work so much so much and so hard uh, making films and uh, I don't know. I don't know how the hell we got on that topic <laughs> actually, but they do work hard. They work a very, very hard. That's apparent in all their films that they release being such great scores. Yeah. You know, with Metacritic and 
uh, awards and all that good stuff. Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Man, mm-hmm. I fucking love that movie. It's yeah, two thousand. So it's movie. twenty years old now. My gosh, that's a great. I remember movie. watching it when it came out. The uh, even that song that they that the George Clooney sings when they're in the, you know they're pretending they're black. Yes, oh, and, I love that song. <laughs> I'm still I still am trying to freaking learn how to do that one on a guitar and sing that one. So it's yeah, it's so yeah. awesome. Um, that's such a good song, which just goes such to show song. how they're their storytelling has cemented all all this into history really um jeff bridges he they use jeff bridges in quite a lot of things huh mm-hmm. they use jeff bridges a lot jeff bridges uh george clooney mm-hmm. a few Clooney's times Brad Pitt, one of their, yeah one of their favorites you know when you get into like scorsese it's like they he uses leonardo DiCaprio every time and it's like they once I think mm-hmm. once they find a good actor they like to work with that can portray their vision, they kind of just stick with them. But then it, yeah, like John Goodman, kind of like yeah, John Goodman. Kind of I don't know if it stifles you creativity or puts you in a rut because then you're you're kind of limiting yourself. But um, I mean, if you can, no, not really, because then you can look at and find the type of actor. Let's say you found a main actor, right? Then you can see where their limits are and you can make the character perfect for them to where they're going to give out just an amazing performance every time that they act for you because you built their character specifically around them. Yeah. I think it's smart. I think it's very smart. Yeah. And all the best directors have that. Hmm. Was it, uh, what do you think they were trying to talk about and burn after reading with the dildo contraption? (laughs) Do you remember seeing that it was like a bicycle you could pedal, but it's still took right riding? Yes. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like more of a symbolic symbolic message of like the lonely housewife, you know, she's like waiting for mm-hmm. to cheat or just, you know, was waiting for some kind of stimulation. It's like it's almost like we're putting the uh putting a picture of like what is symbolic of uh like a housewife that's craving attention. And it's like they just put it in a more forward physical metaphor mm-hmm. but yeah it was yeah. like no well, i think he God, it's been so long since i've great. uh watched burn after reading it's been <laughs> so funny though <laughs> it's been years uh, holy crap i think i watched that oh man um iraq maybe or afghanistan oh wow yeah yeah I th- i'm pretty sure it was afghanistan's last time i watched that that was 2013-ish, 14-ish. Wait, when did I get shot? 14. <laughs> 2014. That's, that's unsettling. <laughs> that is, that, that's your timeline is when did I get shot? Well, no. I, I just, the years, man. I'm yeah. getting older. Like, the years are starting to meld together and, you know. You got to go off events now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. I, I get uh, asked for someone asked me for my age when I was trying to buy a beer the other day in the store. And uh, I was like, uh, Hmm, I don't remember, but I'm like, that should be a good sign that I don't remember how old I actually am. And so she just looked at me and she's like, give me your ID, sir. (laughs) Just like, okay. Like, obviously I'm not joking around. Like I'm seriously old enough that I don't remember how old I am because there's no events in my life that pin me to a certain time. It's not like I'm looking forward to renting a car anymore. You know, I'm, I'm past that age. So it's like, I guess, and I'm too young to look forward to the retirement. I know. Why, so it's like that in-between period. I don't ever really... looking. 
why were kids ever looking forward to renting cars? That makes no sense to me. It's 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 so much responsibility. <laughs> I don't want the responsibility of having to rent a car because I'm scared. I, I get I get like knots in my stomach having to rent a car now because I'm like if I if if a, a freaking butterfly lands on the antenna, it's gonna come out of mm-hmm. my pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I don't like the whole having to have that car under my charge yeah so <laughs> i don't rent cars um i will take a taxi everywhere are uh, you those uber you're gonna uber everything uber you yeah i'm just East i'm not Coasters. a car <laughs> i'm not a i'm not the car rental guy i have the mm-hmm. app on my phone but i don't i don't use it because it's like well i live out in the country anyways there's like fucking horse-drawn carriages and shit in my backyard if you want a taxi <laughs> that's what shows up but i i still don't use it anyways because it's like ah uh, I don't know. I rather I like having control and like that's some you know being in former law enforcement. That's something like as important to me as have control of everything I do. Mm-hmm. I don't even ride roller coasters, and so <laughs> like I don't like when uh, New York taxis. No, no, thank you. Oh God, they make me <laughs> sick every time, dude. Every time I go to New York and I take a taxi, I get sick. But would I drive there myself? It's, no, ugh. no, that's that's craziness. New York is crazy. Man, the first time I drove... Okay, so the first time I drove in New York, I was scared. But I had this old car. Didn't really care for it. It was this old, like, I don't know, Scion or some shit. It was it was a crappy car, so I didn't really worry about it. But then I bought my new car. And see, that's where me getting all scared comes out. <laughs> because holy crap, when I went to New York next, I was so scared. Like, holding on to the car, like... Yeah. <sighs> 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 <laughs> just trying not to crash that place People is crazy i want there. nothing to do with new york driving god some of them are just so so terrible dude like they have bumper like things yeah, on their yeah. bumpers in case somebody hits little them. bumper protectors That's how it's like often it happens what kind of world do we live in that we need bumper protectors like i gotta like drape a thing with spikes right <laughs> yeah like those things no, that they keep I'm birds good. off of your fence with it's it's like spikes, but on a mat, so that when you back into it, it yeah. fucks your car up. They're your car, not yeah. their car, you know? Or their car, mm-hmm. not your car. Other way around. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just... Ugh. So these guys went to New York Film School. Yes, they went to... No, they went to New York University studied film, which is different. The New York Film Academy is... Um, it's it's one of those schools where you pay like sixty thousand or whatever it is, and then they accept you in, and it's kind of like a trade school. Uh, um, but New York University Film is one of the best in the world. I think it's like the number three or number fourth best film school in the world. If I could have gotten into there, I would have gotten into there. Is it is it <laughs> one of those ones where you have to be like uh, accredited? Uh, working on accredited film, you know, feature film before they no. get accepted. No, they have, um, there's that SATs and all that stuff that was required. And it's been so long since I've been in high school, I would have had to retake them and I didn't want to study. Yeah. Them. Hashtag lazy. Yeah, really? <laughs> that's why you talk for a living now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fun. Uh, just so you know, this uh, episode is sponsored by fnxfit.com. Yes. You can check out the, uh, the, Coupon code up at the top right there, uncovered at fnxfit.com, will get you 15% off of anything you order, which is very nice. Um, I've been t- taking the protein shakes. They got like these, I don't really like thick protein shakes. I like 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 Kool-Aid 
<laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. last thing you want to do is like choke down like sawdust. So yeah, like, I like my like, like, nice Kool Aid, relaxing protein shake. Yeah, so I take that, and then um, you know, like, there's not really gyms or anything open right now, but you know, I'm doing push-ups, or that's something. And then uh, they also got some bomb ass CBD oil, which is like for after mm -hmm. when you're all. Well, I've been using it for sleeping. Oh, when all sore. And tastes stuff. like bubble gum, dude. I've never had good really? CBD oil. That's crazy. I've never had good CBD oil. Most of it always just tastes like like rubbing alcohol. Or, yeah. or baby vomit, like, straight into your mouth. <laughs> it's like... Uh, it's, yeah. Doesn't it? It's like a grassy, like, pukish... Yeah, CBD oil is not... Okay, okay, okay. I'll take it back. There's some CBD oils and some CBD gummies and some CBD anything that is just awful. Yeah. And that's because they don't know how or what the hell they are doing. They just put CBD inside any good old recipe and they're like, all right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when that's not the case guys <laughs> no yeah so this one tastes like bubble gum it's pretty good uh Sweet. yeah so what uh what else we got from their from the uh oh raising arizona i forgot to mention that movie too because that was one they, of the ones that, they've go ahead i was gonna say they pushed out so many good movies it's not really a choice of what good movies there are left to talk about it's which ones impacted us the most like, for instance, uh, No Country for Old Men was huge when I was uh, growing up. It came out in 2007, which was a couple years before I got out of high school. And it was all the rage over everybody. Everybody talked about it. Everybody referenced it in memes or in uh, Halloween uh, costume parties, all kinds of stuff. No Country for Old Men was a huge, yeah. huge movie. And Oh Brother Art, that just came out a couple years earlier. And I going off that the, movie. Love that movie, yes. But once I found out it was the same directors as No Brother or Oh Brother Art Thou, I had to go see No Country for Old Men. It wasn't a question, and I'm so glad. I did. True Grit, movie. I love True Grit. It's like it's just mm -hmm. it's it's like yeah, <laughs> a wordsmith right yeah, here. True Grit's amazing, dude. True. <laughs> <laughs> true Grit has Matt Damon. Oh yeah, that's right. Huh. I love some Matt I was thinking uh, the uh, uh, 007, isn't he in there too? Mm -hmm. uh, he yes. starts with a B and a J. There's something in there. Josh Brolin. I knew it was there. <laughs> yeah, Josh something like Trump. that, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite movies as a kid, and I never understood why I even liked this movie, um, Bad Santa. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Bad Santa was the shit. I, I hated it the first time I watched it too. Couldn't stand it. And then I watched it again a few months later. Loved it. But uh, one of them went to Princeton. Yeah, here we go. And as an undergrad in philosophy. So I think there's going to, there's probably a lot more symbolic gestures in the movies than I oh, probably. found out. But the, uh, probably well, the, the one that we just watched, uh, what was it? The uh, oh, Buster Scruggs. It's it's funny because it's you know it's this it's the western, and mm -hmm. there's like this moment where I thought it was a little weird because the guy's kind of vain and you know he's in, he's an all white cowboy in like this really dirty, you know, dusty western themed village or what do you call him village city at the time? And city, he, yeah. He keeps getting into these shootouts over and over again. It's just back to back. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna you know he's like I should be a caretaker because this is. I'm, I'm racking up the bill for them right here. But then he pulls out this yeah. mirror and shoots the guy in the mirror. 
this really nice mirror. I don't really know what that was, but I, I thought it was hilarious because he shoots a guy in the mirror and then he says, uh, uh, I'd say that's a cause for reflection. <laughs> it's, the, <laughs> it's the mirror in the face. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. That's so stupid. <laughs> I love dad jokes. <laughs> well, that's that's where they're free. I love them so. I love them so much. They're so stupid. They're cold comedy. So that's what I would call. It's not dark. It's cold comedy. But it's it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. It's but it's, it's, it's so stupid. Yeah. It's usually they use more like situational comedy, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 put their characters in a weird environment that is funny like brad mm-hmm. pitt hiding in the closet of a person that the guy thinks yeah. is cheating on his wife and then he has to end up shooting george clooney i think it was in uh in burn after reading but yeah I, I, it, that's that's what it is is there situational comedy but mm-hmm. it's it's good writing i i, I love it yeah <laughs> it's good writing Dad it's jokes very all good the way. writing i gotta give it. them that <laughs> they're creative and yeah just good writing dude yeah good writing <laughs> yeah i think they start out as they probably start out as writers and uh even what it says here their first camera was like a vivitex super 8 that's pretty awesome mm-hmm. i wonder if they still have yeah that. that's so cool to fit. that's one of the ones that like it's like you don't you don't spin it but it's it's like it's that <laughs> it's that big mm-hmm. <laughs> with the little it's that big old with the little like <laughs> <laughs> little nose sitting on the edge um, yeah, the ones where you got paid extra money if you knew how to load it. Yeah, <laughs> let alone how to shoot it. <laughs> how to load it. Yeah. Uh, wh- wh- oh, uh, recently, I just watched again um, Jojo Rabbit. Have you have you heard of that one yet? Yes, I have. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Ta- I have Taika heard. Watiki or something like that. It's the director. He's directing now the next series of The Mandalorian. Well, he had a mm-hmm. he had a few episodes for the last time, and then they also gave him a Star Wars yeah. movie, which I don't know how we have any more room for more Star Wars movies, but they're still making God. them, folks. <laughs> so, hey, I I'm cool with it as long as they. I love Star Wars. I love them. I love the show. It is one of my all time favorites. That and Star Trek are my two all time favorite shows or uh, worlds universes of all time. Right. Well, I I do want to get back to they need. Huh? No, go ahead. I actually finished that. Yeah, because that's probably going to lead me oh, right to where say, I want to talk. <laughs> yeah, they need to. Now that they've introduced the new characters, they've introduced the new story. They've gotten rid of pretty much the old actors. They need to actually dive into this new story and stop mimicking the shit before. Yeah. Stop pulling stories off of what they've done in the past. If you want to answer some Easter egg questions or whatever. That's fine. But for God's sakes, dude, start doing original Star Wars stuff. Right. Like you have the ability. You have a whole new cast of characters. You have a Ray who just... Is this too soon for spoilers? <laughs> Anyways, I don't you think have a Ray so. who no. just lost the love of her life. <laughs> like she just lost him. And she is dividing herself between light side and dark side by going the gray path anyways dive into that show us the gray path show us right. in film format the stuff that we want to see leave the old shit to die well go back and visit it later we, but give us something new <laughs> yeah exactly we don't have anything new anymore and there's a lot of recycled like one of the star wars was just the exact version except the ship was a little bit bigger 
I don't remember which one. Mm -hmm. It was five episodes ago, you know? But it was like, it's yeah. just slightly larger now. And it's like, there's a hole, but it's a little bit smaller. So <laughs> it's just, yeah. everything felt like the same. But I, I also think um, inherently Star Wars is, it, it, it mimics the this the story of the Bible. And it is all, it, it, at its core, it is a decision of choosing light versus dark. So it's like good mm -hmm. versus evil. It's always that that um contradiction that's that's drawing the characters back and forth yeah. but it does seem a little trite at some point like we were just like okay yeah. it's a little bit too much because uh, every yeah every single character has that option you know even mandalorian yeah exactly and with the divide between the light and the dark they can really go into um too light and too dark and little light and a little dark and then gray and i'm really excited for them to dive into the gray jedi yeah. They've only ever talked about it very slightly um in canon now. We're not talking about the outside canon stuff. I wish we were, but Disney's idiots. <laughs> but um in canon they've only really talked about gray jedis in um Star Wars uh Rebels, which they have uh Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka which yes. is Darth Vader's apprentice. That's the carrot looking uh, one, right? It, she's the one that has the two thingies. <laughs> yeah, she's like orange or come something. Down. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. purple, or, or gray, or I. It's been a while since I seen yeah. it, but she was Anakin's. You're also colorblind. Um, trainee. Yeah, pretty much. She was Anakin's <laughs> trainee, or her his Padawan before he went to Vader, and then she's fought him. But she went down the path of the Gray Jedi because the Jedi basically abandoned her in her time of need. I would love them to finally take the big series and start diving into star Wars lore, not just one itsy bitsy little storyline in the star Wars universe. Right. What? Like they're focusing everything around it. But when they step out the Mandalorian, for instance, they did that so well. And it was diving into something that's never really been covered in a major um, release before. And it opened up our eyes and it really answered a bunch of questions. And guess what? They had a wonderful response. Yeah. If they just keep pushing out new content, they're going to get that same response. Right. And, and I also think Mandalorian was like one of the first times, too, that we're not seeing this uh, binary options of, of dark versus um, good mm -hmm. versus evil, because it's like that we're kind of moving away from that original storytelling because yeah. that's not the way the world is. There's no there's no such thing as good or bad people. Not, you're a mix of everything and, and you're you could be. I don't know. You can't say good, but you're a person that makes choices based off of information that's given to you. And some people might perceive that as good or bad, um, which yeah. which also brings me to two different places that I can go right now because I, I still want to talk about Mandalorian. But uh, Jojo Rabbit, too. And it's like it's it's a it's a World War Two film that like I, I do want to do like a deep dive into this one someday. But. I'm not saying yeah. that I wanted to be a Nazi watching the movie, but <laughs> they definitely encompass that perspective. What? Because <laughs> that's what the movie's about. It's about like this this little boy who's like uh, living under uh, German Nazi occupied German uh, territory, and uh, mm -hmm. he's in their like version of Boy Scouts, the Nazi the Nazi Boy Scouts. Oh, yeah. the Nazi Youth Club or whatever. Yeah, called. and it's and they kind of tell his his perspective of the story, but. Uh, <laughs> and and so it's going to be interesting to see that um what is his name watiki watiki uh, he's got a really hard name to pronounce he got a lot of <laughs> he got a lot of credit in this movie that he created um and he played and he played hitler in the movie and nice the, it, 
and everything kind of blew up for him on there. And Star Wars brought him over, and they're having him do. They had him do a Mandalorian last season, and he's going to do more directing this season and a Star Wars movie coming out. And I believe he also does uh, that vampire. It's a vampire comedy show, so he's got like a also vampire. Oh, is it what we do in the dark? Yeah, what like we do in the shadows or something. He's he's been working on yeah. that. So you know, we're talking about Coen Brothers, but he also has that cold comedy style. I mean, obviously, if you're making a parody out of a World War II movie, it's and I think that comedy style opens up the door to make it okay to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the job of a lot of comics and stuff is is to yeah. find a way to make these things that are hard for us to understand. Um, not funny, but under, a, a door, a doorway to get into comprehending it and dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a form of like like healing and stuff. And so I think that was like a kind of like really popular or really uh, engaging movie that addressed that issue. And uh, so now he's coming into like to Mandalorian. But did you see uh, that the way they film Mandalorian is like it's it's all uh, not green screen, but it's all on um, digital projectors. Like like uh, I don't know, like you might see at a stadium when you go watch a game. You know they have the big Megatron mm-hmm. thing. It's basically that, but it's wrapped around an an almost entire circle, and they can project the backgrounds which also gives it accurate nice. lighting because the screen goes around. And so it's projecting that light onto the actor of like the Sahara desert or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just interact. And basically it's just one big stage and the screen is God. off. and they change it just like that. Like he's like, okay, it's a little yeah. too bright. Let's make it darker. And then I, I knew a couple of electrics who, when I say new, I mean, I've met him before and I run in the same circles, but I knew a couple of electrics who worked on uh, the Mandalorian and I can't tell you how jealous <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am that. And I knew a PA who worked on um, season three of uh, what is that? The uh, robot Cowboys Westworld. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh my dude. Robot Cowboys. I tell you, man, <laughs> jealousy in the industry is a real thing. Cause I got jealous of both of those. I'm sorry, I dropped something. I got jealous of both of those guys. Yeah. When I found out they're working like my dream projects, I was like, you mother truckers, dude. Like, <laughs> like I'm so happy for you guys and congratulations, but Yeah, congratulations, damn. but I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it's like I'm so happy for you. You have no idea. I'm so ecstatic. But yeah. I don't want to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so cool how they do that though. I mean, is, but as uh working with lights in in the industry, does that encompass your job if you're working on a Mandalorian set that's essentially projection screens or is that Oh is yeah, that dude, make you because an engineer now? Uh-uh. That's all electrics, dude, cuz how does a projection screen get powered? Oh, okay. You know, the grips yeah. are setting it up, but where's the projectors? Where's the power for that? Are you going to give any key lights? Is there going to be any backlights to the people? Are we going to add in a special filler here or there? Are we going to lighten stuff up? Are we going to darken it up? Like, do we need to add certain things in? Do we need to take it away? Do they need power for, you know, a very specific thing? It, it, that's all covered under mm. the electrics position. It's not just setting up the lights. It's everything. Yeah. You can't make a film if you lose any department whatsoever, 
electrics included, especially electrics. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you have like a screen goes out. Yeah. Someone's got to tear it down and put a new one in, plug mm-hmm. it all in and make sure everything works. But it's, it's yep. really yep. dynamic. You have your grips, you now. set up all the screens and all the, all the stuff. And then you have the electrics who light everything, make sure they look good for the camera. Cause it just doesn't come naturally or instantly. It's a hard work. Yeah. And, and I, I thought it was uh pretty cool the way they have like this. So it, interfaces the background interfaces with the camera um to mm-hmm. give that perspective so if they like are rotating around their subject the background will also move in such a way around them which i think would be pretty disorienting if i was standing inside of it because the whole you know the whole world's moving around you as they're moving this camera but it's also like going back to like lion king when they're making it that way it was not actual cameras they were they had like the glide cams and, and stabilizers yeah. and everything, but it was just sensors on top. And and now it's yeah. kind of this dynamic uh, collaboration between cameras and sensors that's working to yeah. project the set. It, it's, it's crazy because with the technology that we have nowadays, we can literally make anywhere out of anywhere. And let me explain. Like, if you want to shoot the next uh, space movie that's happening on Mars... You can make Mars out of the desert, especially if you have technology like that. You can make it even more accurate and actually put the hills like they are in Mars. Hey, man, NASA you know? did Instead it in 67. Somewhere close. <laughs> we still haven't been man, to the Man, don't moon even yet. get me started on everything that's wrong with that conspiracy theory. That is some bullshit that don't even know. How did the flag wave in the wind? If, that's There's no wind in space. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. Don't even let, don't even get me started. The technology to do what they did wasn't even available for another like 10 or 20 years. That's what they let tell alone us. be able to push. Oh, <laughs> just be glad Buzz Aldrin isn't here. He'll punch you in the face. <laughs> no, you guys are all American heroes. I love you, but, uh, <laughs> We did it, but I just like going down the rabbit hole once in a while. It's fun to go down conspiracy it's alley. Funny. Oh and god, you just conspiracy gotta hold your wallet. Dude. That's the problem. <laughs> you don't get mugged. Yes. <laughs> Stop. Like, I love going down conspiracy alley. I love talking about all this stuff that is not real. Yeah. Right. But uh, you find the people who are so convinced that it's real that they are just batshit crazy <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've, I've been the quarantine i've become so bored watching the shock news of like you know the death they have a death toll counter on cnn that just stays there 24 hours a day yeah, and it's like it's just like yeah. it's it's a little um much at some point you need to kind of like break so i'm i'm i'm, I'm gonna say it <laughs> I, out of a moment of desperation and boredom <laughs> i went to uh, Infowars and i've been watching alex jones no <laughs> Just for Why? fun. It's, I think it's important to be balanced and have both sides of the story. Like you should <laughs> you should have you should get the sane side and then the crazy side to see what they're talking about, you know? You need to know your enemy, right? No. So <laughs> it's great watching them though, because in ten minutes, like we sometimes we just watch it for fun now, just to like have a laugh. It's almost it's comedic because you can mm-hmm. watch it for two minutes, and in that two minutes he's gonna throw up like 
10 conspiracies and they're all yeah, just three of them he made up on the top exactly of his head. <laughs> they're all made up on the top of his head and it's like it's like hillary clinton is poisoning black people in urban cities and bill gates oh is a real thug he, like he literally called bill gates a thug the hardest gangster yeah. and, and it's like well he also said frogs were coming after us so. yeah <laughs> what was the most the, i mean that's kind of who we're talking about here well he recently <laughs> made the news because it was uh that COVID-19 is being spread through the 5G wireless towers, towers that uh, they've set up oh. to initiate this year, you know, to, to bring out 5G internet. And uh, so people in London started Are ripping down me? the cell towers, which just made things worse because then you lose cell coverage. So why would you do that? <laughs> that has nothing to do with. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I lost, I lost a lot of, hope for humanity (laughs) and just that statement (laughs) yes uh yeah so yeah um covet 19 is coming from cell phone towers that's what they say (laughs) 5g yeah (laughs) you wanted your cell phone coverage you wanted fast internet this is what you get motherfuckers they they were they we've gone zombies too far in technology (laughs) (laughs) to the point where viruses are being made by cell phones God, that's how the zombie apocalypse starts. <laughs> cell phones. How did it start, Papa? Well, we got greedy with our cell phone coverage. Wanted it faster and stronger. Yeah. And the zombies happened. And the zombies. And then, and then wow. there was the great shortage of toilet paper of 2020. Oh, God. Dude, I love how this year has gone. January was uh, Civil War. <laughs> or no, no, World War III. Um, February was Civil War uh march and april were COVID 19 may is now deadly hornets yeah the murder like hornets. come on come on 2020 like what you got next can we get a restart is there we're a button ready. to just this thing ain't working guys <laughs> it's uh pre-installed 2020 has a virus <laughs> and then now we're going back to what 1920 which is the uh fall of the economy and, and oh, basically God. restarting all that over again i uh oh yeah yeah, I meant the 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 dancing of the twenties, not the not the uh, <laughs> being broke and and having to uh, stand in that, potato that's lines. Course. That's I knew that's what you. I'm meant. sorry, that was an Irish joke. <laughs> hey, 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 guy, hey, hey, guy, hey, guy. Well, as we all know, Irishmen <laughs> sleep with potatoes under their pillows, <laughs> and Italians have garlic up their butts. I think it's just tradition. Well, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite dishes is a uh, potato curry. So, ah, I had potatoes for dinner. So, you're not wrong. <laughs> made by an Irish, and I am made by an Irish, Irish. man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this uh, Cohen Brothers? I think that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. We got integrated <laughs> quickly. We went downhill so fast. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but welcome to our minds, guys. Yeah. Uh, for those of you still watching, um, a lot of this will probably get cut because we <laughs> go on tangents. Yeah, there's a lot. A lot. But that's the benefit of watching us live. You get to see all the cool, fun stuff that you don't get to see Yeah. in the live one. That's a good point or because that is my biggest challenge in a given week is making us make sense <laughs> in some coherent <laughs> way good in luck. editing. <laughs> And that's why he edits and I just look here and look pretty, even though I don't really. <laughs> I 
do. You look really great. Actually, the, the camera, uh, today's the first time we've had both the cameras yes. fired up. You've been mm-hmm. smurfing it for cannon. quite a while because there's a... Oh, dude. Oh, that that uh, that uh, webcam was... Terrible. This piece of shit right here. That was so bad. This is the Razer. I know, right? <laughs> uh, this is Razer Stargazer. This thing is not even sold anymore it's so bad <laughs> so uh what i did is thanks to canon you all over you and you just yeah. i didn't even know this was your skin color to be honest i, I was just, <laughs> i'd known you entirely under blue. blue yeah blue smurf yeah no it that was awful dude i tried everything i could to fix it and it just didn't have the capability of changing that which really sucks my camera that I'm actually using is my Canon EOS M50 and I popped a, um, an adapter on it and I threw my baby, my uh, Canon nifty 50 I've had for the last, you know, nifty 50 years. If you guys are into cameras and you don't have a nifty 50, why? It's a staple. You have to have a yeah, 50 millimeter. You have to have bag. the Canon nifty 50. It's only a hundred bucks. Go buy the fucking thing. It'll last forever. Yeah. I've literally played basketball with my lens. Oh my gosh. Into the bag. You want to look like a still professional photographer, slap a 50 on portrait photography. You're done. Like oh. you look professional every time. You don't even have to look. You just close your yeah. eyes and take a just picture. Li- have the actress do this. <laughs> and it'll and be some noir, <laughs> some beautiful yeah. noir. Or, <laughs> yeah. Black and white noir or have her stand up next to, or him, uh, stand up next to the, uh, the halogen lights on like next to stores, like the open signs and shit stand next to that, like this with the light shining onto the side of your face. Yeah. That's some professional bullshit right there. (laughs) So you are using the, what is it? M50 you said? Yeah. Can EOS M50. And, uh, I'm doing that. Because if you add the adapter on, it becomes a full frame camera, which for I think four hundred bucks is the camera, and then an extra seventy dollars for the adapter. For four hundred seventy dollars, I have a full frame four K camera. Oh, that's my next question. Me. Yeah, it's 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 beautiful. So you Absolutely get twenty four four K on that twenty four frames four K, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's full frame with the with the speed ring on it. That's interesting. That's because I'm right now I'm using a the Canon EOS R um, with a 50 milliliter and a millimeter and milliliter. Shut up. Yeah, it's a, yeah, 50 uh, milliliters water, huh? <laughs> I work in a lab all day. Okay, so that's where I, I sometimes get confused does, with things. Does the liquid help? Um, you know, s- solidify the image. <laughs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you could not just let it be like go under the rug and just come on man where's the fun in that <laughs> but so i've worked really hard to get this set up you know i got like the back the hairline and the and my key light and my mm-hmm. uh my my camera's mounted behind the computer in such a, like even if i put uh, there it goes you can see the computer screen right there it pops right up on the screen and uh I'm actually thinking about buying another one, but I may look into the the M50 if it's a little bit cheaper. It's three times less the price. It's it's yeah, it's amazing actually. I love my camera. You have to, um, I do suggest getting a good adapter. I didn't get a very good one, so I have lines that come through on my display. Mm. They don't transfer and they don't stay when I um record, but on my display they come through. So that's really annoying. Yeah. 
Um, if I was doing it again and getting another adapter when I get a little bit more money, I'm going to buy the Metabones adapter, which is like between four and seven hundred dollars. But it'll completely get rid of that, and it's exactly what this camera needs. Mm. But still, even that with let's say it's seven hundred dollars, so eleven hundred dollars for a four K full frame uh camera. I believe it's four K. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's four K. But uh only eleven hundred bucks. You're not gonna get that deal anywhere else. No, it's great. For any other type of camera. And then you could just put the EF mounts on it. That's the reason I got the um the uh adapter in the first place. So I could put EF mounts instead of EFM mounts, because I have all EF um lenses. And then as you were saying, the beauty of us being able to do this now is that mm-hmm. Canon released a utility update that allows all yes, their the EOS. compatible cameras to become a, a web camera just by plugging it into the yep. computer. So yep. that is awesome. Is, Thank you so much for doing that, Canon. Yeah, yeah Canon's little update saved me so much time, so much money. Because I was going to have to pay $70 for another piece of software to do exactly what this is doing at a lesser quality. Yeah. But now I can pull the image directly off the camera push it right into my computer and be perfectly fine. And it's, it's great and it's free. And it only yeah. costs, I think I had to buy um, a power cord that plugged into the wall. I think it was 20 bucks. Oh yeah, that's right. Boom. Upgraded, uh, upgraded visuals. The uh, audio on the other hand, now that. <laughs> yes. Precious. You've joined the club of sure. Oh God, dude. Sure. SM7B. I, I had to say, yeah. Yeah, I started saving when we started this podcast, a couple hundred bucks each month. And I finally upgraded my audio to the Shure 7 SM7B. The I have it's all digital now or all uh, analog now. It's so great. Yeah, the great it thing sounds is good. I it was... doesn't sound like that shitty ass one. <laughs> it's it's definitely an upgrade. There's a lot less work I have to do now in editing. But uh, one of the great things is yeah. I was looking on uh, video YouTube and they compared the a brand new Shure SM7B with a Shure SM7B made in 1967 and uh it almost sounded the same it looks very much the same they took it apart and the construction was very similar to the one that we have now nice. and uh the price is still holding too it still runs at about 400 bucks for the microphone by itself so i feel pretty good in this investment cuz i i yeah dude. i'm never selling this, this- thing this whole investment is amazing. The only thing I'm going to add to this investment is a uh, mixing board. That's it. Yeah, I want to. Well, for me, I want to get a, a video. Uh, what do we call it? Uh, ATEM, a video mixer. Mm-hmm. So then I can add like a, maybe like an overhead shot of the desk. Um, so then I can go full Alex Jones style, you know, <laughs> Infowars. Yeah, <laughs> everything's wiki God. pages, anyways. Like, and I feel like shit because we use a wiki today, but uh, it was really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I can't wait till I, uh, I'm moving in a couple months and we're going to be moving to a bigger place. And, um, I'm really hoping that that's going to allow me to have a lot more room in the office area Yeah. because, uh, then I get actually get the camera in front of me. Like you have a nice background because right now I have it at the side and it's so awkward. Like I have two coming on three, four chins here. <laughs> that's just the <laughs> pandemic. You can see it it's, in all its glory. <laughs> it's claiming more than lives in, in the, in the virus I mean, aspect. It's, it's causing look heart disease as well. That my neck is. <laughs> so unfortunate. Yeah. I can't wait till the gyms open up. That's going to be my first place yeah. I go. Well, I've been walking Leia, but it's not enough, man. <laughs> <laughs> the gym and a restaurant. I know that's fat. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> but I miss, I miss, dude. That was going to restaurants. All right. Well, what do you think? We wrap it up here. This is uh, Coen yeah. Brothers Deep Dive. Uh, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Plus others and plus bonuses and info. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my favorite was Oh Brother Where Art Thou and Burn After Reading. And now, uh, for you, you liked. Oh Brother Where Out Thou as well. Uh, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Oh Brother Where Out Thou and No Country for Old Men and so many other. Bad Santa. Bad Santa is such a great one. And I think we can like, (laughs) their their strength is writers. They're really good storytellers. Mm -hmm. And they've just kind of understand that how, what people want as far as storytelling. Mm -hmm. And, And they're in a unique position where they've, held on to holding on to their held on to holding on they've held, held on, on to, to their on. vision by directing the films that they write and mm-hmm. and that's what's allowed them to you know become as icon level yeah, as they, they are they definitely took in what uh nyu film was teaching them uh scorsese said the same thing when he was in nyu film they forced him to write his first screenplay instead of just being the director for someone else. Yeah. So I'm really glad that they stuck with that. And now we're being able to reap the benefits of their hard work and their passion. Yeah, totally look forward to what else they have coming. They have a really unique style that you don't even need to know. It's them to know it's them. Like it's, it's, yep. It's more visual than it is uh, in the way that the writing is. But I like, I like their, I don't know. It's, it's almost got this, uh, this character reminiscent of like the sixties TV show and film era. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. That's what I, I like. I really love period movies. So, um, that's kind of what they work a lot. Yeah. In, but even the spaghetti Western that they kind of did was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. What do you, what do you care to do next week? Um, Next Sunday, seven o'clock, we are live streaming again. And uh, what yes. do you want to talk about? Um, I think. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We're getting we closer each... to Icon now. Yes. I I want to do Scorsese, but that's such a film studenty thing one to want to do. <laughs> it's okay. Go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> but he is he is the reason I got into filmmaking. Yeah. Um, like uh, I was watching. Believe it or not, uh, somebody gifted the How to Be a Director masterclass, and he was the one that taught the masterclass. Yeah. And I wanted to watch it. I had no aspirations of being a director or being in film or anything at this point. I just wanted to watch it. And he, his love for filmmaking, his love for the movies really inspired me. It made me want to get into film. Right. So, I mean, we could do that. I'm, we can talk about him. I'm ready. Let's do it. It's a big one. I have to study up for this Scorsese. one. Scorsese. Yeah, that master class is pretty cool. It's especially appropriate in the, the pandemic times. Mm-hmm. I want to learn how to do urban gardening. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm like not, these master classes I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, these master classes I did, uh, the Gordon Ramsay cooking one. That was oh. that was really good. Just, he, is it really just cool. him berating you for eight hours? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> you're doing it wrong <laughs> stupid <laughs> don't be stupid stupid <laughs> all right
right. Well, uh, till next week then. Uh, Sundays, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're doing... 7 o'clock. Streaming. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter.tv. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook at Uncovered yep. Cinema. Actually, all tags Uncovered Cinema. We're uh, going to be on YouTube. We are going to... This is mm-hmm. our first episode that's going to be recorded um, and streaming from there. As well as coming yep. to you very soon... Uh, uncoveredcinema.com um, which we're in the process of buttoning up all the little zippers or that's that's two euphemisms there. Uh, putting everything all together <laughs> and uh, we we have merch coming out as well as uh, Patreon so look forward to that. So excited! Yeah and I was I was actually a little so bit very excited. nervous about this episode because I've had so many we had an ad campaign going out this whole day mm-hmm. and so many people have been like a good response, but my phone has been like lighting up all day from it. And so like coming into this, I was like, I was actually a little bit nervous, but I'm glad it went out pretty well. And it's like, and I, and yeah. I can't see the statistics counter. So I hit it for my view. So I don't know if to like have stage fright. It's kind of nice <laughs> going on a stage when you can't see anybody. <laughs> yeah. So very fun. Even if nobody's there. <laughs> but uh yeah anyways thank you so much guys for listening um this has been yes this episode of uncovered cinema we'll see you thank you thank you thank you next week and if anybody saw my 7 p.m pst or est i meant to say pacific <laughs> so just uh well, throw that out there yeah that's something we'll, we'll need to make adjustments <laughs> on and then also i think timing too because now i've never had to deal with the situation where I'm dealing with viewers on in different time zones, you know. So yeah. like, so now we we have to address that. Well, we're just gonna have to say uh, 7 p.m. PST, 9 p.m. EST, or something like that. Yeah, well, that's not how that. Or works. maybe like 10 PM I'm PST thinking or something. go a little bit earlier too, because then we can kind of hit a. It maybe it might be too late for everybody oh, yeah. on the East Coast, but uh, yeah, something to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Till next week, then we will. See you again. Um, and then once again, for those who are still online here, you can look up above our heads. Uncovered um, at fnxfit.com. Get 15% off your order. And uh, you can help pay for our expensive yeah. microphones that we need to continually uh, God. maintenance and, and keep up with so that we can keep doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>